to God's word this evening and by God's grace we're going to be studying God's word. I'll try as much as possible to make it interactive so that we'll get as many feedbacks from every one of us. Hallelujah. And first and foremost, we want to thank the senior pastor for this honor and privilege. We, it's, uh, we're very much grateful. I'm very much grateful. It's a place and a moment we don't take for granted. Hallelujah. All right, on the backdrop of today's study is going to come from the backdrop of two Wednesdays ago, I want to believe, and it was when we had our worship Wednesday, if you can remember how many of us were here, and as I was in that prayer meeting, one of the things that came to my mind as the theme of the prayer meeting was, was to fight to win. I don't know if you remember where we came and worshipped the Lord and we prayed. And one of the things that laid in my heart, which is the reason why this study is going to come, okay, fight to win. So we prayed and for every prayer we, we, we made, Pastor did mention that we're not coming to one of those battles where we're going to fight and then come back to fight again. We're coming to a place where we are coming to worship, coming to pray and coming to fight and living victoriously. And one thing that came to my mind was as, as the prayer meeting was wrapping up and I said to myself, if I've truly won every battle that I've fought here, if I've truly won every, if God have truly answered every prayer that I've prayed here and I, 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 I got to the understanding that I also have a responsibility on me to really show that the prayer had been answered. And this has been on my mind all through. And on Sunday while Pastor Yomi was preaching, one of the things, he made example of the, the wall of Jericho. I don't know if you can remember, as the wall of Jericho fell while the people were praying, sorry, while the people were singing and worshipping and the walls did fall. And if you truly remember the story of the fall of the walls of Jericho, it has gotten to a point where Moses was no more in charge. A man called Joshua was now the commander. So Joshua was the one that was leading and Joshua was the one that was commanding the people. And according to the word of the Lord, God did mention and say to Joshua that this is not one of the battles they're going to draw a sword or an arrow or a bow. It's the, it's a battle where they're going to conquer and win by praise, by thanksgiving, by worship and with a shout. And whilst Pastor Yomi was charging us up to remind ourselves of every obstacle that have come our way and give a loud shout to bring down those walls, the memories of what I was run, what, what was running through my mind on Warfare Wednesday also came to mind. That if I'd come to that place where I've fought a battle and I've won, then something must change about my prayer. Something must change about my request. I can't ask you for something and you promise it will be done. And I come again the same way in the same attitude of asking or pleading or begging. Something must change. Maybe the way I pray must change. Maybe the prayer should change from being asked to being thankful. Do I have a witness? So if that doesn't change, it means for some reason that I may not have understood the battle that I won two Wednesdays ago. And so I've tried as much as possible in the last two weeks to condition my mind based on what I'm believing God for to understand that those battles have been won. And sometimes if a battle is won, it takes a while for the armies to get home and to break the news or whatsoever and to collect the spoils, if you do remember the prayer point. So it's not a battle where we come and then we think we have won and we retreat. It's also a battle we did win and we are gathering up the spoil. So this evening, we, we, we are, I'm just throwing this as a background so that we understand what we want to study this evening. So having that in mind, if we did come together to pray, and we did believe for every prayer that we prayed that the Lord did answer our prayer or gave us victory concerning it. So whatever we are doing, whatsoever we are saying, whatsoever we're still believing, or whatsoever battle that is still before us, it now depends on the mindset in which we approach it. We can approach it from a winning um, point or we can still, you know, wallop in our 
in our knees and say, maybe God is still fighting, whereas God have still have already won the battle. So in this season where the Holy Spirit is teaching us how to worship, it's also important for us to know that when God pronounces victory, it's also a time to also gather yourself to say, you know, if, if God has pronounced victory, there, must, there may be time we don't need to draw the sword. It may be the time to gather basket to gather the spoils. Amen. So we must come with a mindset. And so this evening, I'm just going to draw, um, draw an example from the a story in the scripture, so which will put us in the position where we can discuss and see how we can align ourselves in that position to give our mindset the reality that God has won, has won the battle. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. So the Bible did talk about a story of a man called Joshua. In Numbers chapter 13, which is going to be our study for today, in Numbers chapter 13, I'm going to start off from verse 1. Numbers 13 and verse 1. So we're going to look at how Joshua started the whole battle of having a good mindset all the way to the point where he was commanding or leading the children of Israel to bring down the walls of Jericho. Now in Numbers 13 verse 1. Now this is God speaking to Moses. And then God speaking to Moses then said to Moses, and the Lord spoke to Moses. Can you give us verse 2? In verse 2, the Bible says, in verse 2, okay, so he said, send men to spy out the land of Canaan. Now, this is God speaking to Moses and to the children of Israel. Now, I need you to be very attentive to what he's going to say next. He says, which I am what? Which I am what? Giving to the children of what? Israel. So God is invariably saying, send men to look at the land which I'm giving to the children of Israel. So as far as God is concerned, he has given the land to the children of Israel. Is that correct? So it's like we come in to gather and to pray in a prayer meeting and the word of the Lord did come, which it, it did came on Wednesday, two Wednesdays ago, saying that you have won the battle. So God is now saying, send men to the place or send men to the, to, to, to the business where you think you were praying for. Send men to the career which you were praying for. Send men to that relationship to look at it again. And the Lord said to them, send men to the place where he has, where he's given the children of Israel. And then he said to them, he said to Moses that they should nominate one person from every tribe. He says, from each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone, a leader from amongst the tribe. So if a man is going from each tribe, how many people will be going as spies? Bible quiz. If God is saying, send one man from every tribe, how many people will be going as spies? How many? Twelve. The reason? Because we have how many tribes in Israel? Twelve tribes. So if you continue from verse 2, from verse 3, and all the way all along, along, you will see where God, where the scripture rather, was mentioning every man from every tribe that was nominated to go to become a spy. And one of such people was a man called Joshua and another man called Caleb. Amongst the other ten people that went to, to spy. And so in verse 17 there about to verse 19, Moses was then giving them the charge. He says, when you go, this is what I needed to find out. Find out if the, if the land is good for us to invade or not. Find out if their armies are strong or they are weak. So he gave them conditions of what to look out for. The same condition that every army or every soldier will look out for when he goes on a spy mission. And then let's now look at what they came back with. The 12 tribes have gone and they've returned. The same way we are seated down here. Two weeks ago, the Lord came to us and told us we have won the battle. So now you have won the battle. How then do you look back at the situation that God said, I'm giving to you? If God said you came to pray for, for, for your relationship, two weeks down the line, how have you been looking at the relationship 
as a spy or whoever you are. And God is saying, reflect back to the land I'm giving to you. Reflect back to the prayer I have answered. Reflect back to whatever you asked me for that I told you, you have, I've given you victory over. Now, we are going back to look at it. How then should we look at it? Now, first and foremost, let's look at how it was being looked at. In verse 27 of the same numbers, 13 and verse 28, we are going to read. In verse 27, now, these are 12 people that went to spy. But some people after the prayer meeting have come back to say this same thing which the other 10 did say. Now, let's look at what they said. Then they told him, which is Moses, and they said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with what? Milk and honey. And the land is very what? Fruitful because they've looked at the fruit and it had good fruit. Now give us the next verse, verse 28. Verse 28 then says, But what? Nevertheless. The what? The people who dwell in the land are what? Are strong. The cities are also what? Fortified and are very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. So, was the land truly fruitful? Was the land flowing with milk and honey? Was God true that he was taking them to the land of milk and honey? Was God truthful to her? Did God say, I'm going to bless your marriage? And you can see truly that the marriage relationship is good. You can see the business can blossom. We can see the children can be attentive. We can see that the prayer request truly can be what? Can be answered according to the word of the Lord. But the Bible says, but they came and gave a caveat. It says, nevertheless... The way I'm seeing it, I think God can answer it, but the way I'm seeing it, I'm not so sure. There was something that came along with what they saw. Now, let's now look at what Caleb and Joshua saw in verse 30. Verse 30 of that same report. Now, these are the same people that went to see the same thing. Let's look at verse 30. Verse 30 says, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and he said, what did he say? Let us go up at once and do what? And take possession for we can what? We are well able to overcome. Now, did these two individuals see the same land? No, let me have some, some response. Did they see the same land? But did they come with the same reaction? Did we all come to the same prayer meeting? So it's also possible we can come back with different reaction. So that's the reason why we're here. God answered their prayer. said, I'm giving you the land for your takeover. But they came and they saw the land. Some people saw it. Truly, it, could be, it, it was flowing with milk and honey. But they looked at the size of the people. They looked at whatsoever their mind could, could tell them to look at. And by the time they came back, they said it was not possible. So does that validate what God wanted to do in their lives? No, because God said you can. So if God says you can, they needed to take a step further. So this indeed is what I've been going on in my mind. If God says I have fought that battle and I've won it, then whatever, however I look at the situation afterwards is very important. Very important. So if God says you are taking over the world, most sometimes by the time you turn over, the world may have not fallen. But how you now see the world will not differ from the person that is seated beside you. If we fought that battle to win, by the time you turn back, you may still see the wall. But the question is, will you invade it based on what you think or what you are seeing? Now, in, let's look at again, if multimedia can help us in chapter 14, verse 6 to 8. Let's look again at how Caleb, how Caleb and Joshua related the, the message of how they saw things. The Bible says in verse 6, this is how the Bible puts it. It says, but Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephthun, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes 
The reason why they tore their clothes is because of the negativity that was coming from the other camp. And in verse 7 it says, And they spoke to all the congregation of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is a what? Exceedingly good land. Next verse. It says, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into that land and he will give it to us, to us. Because it's a land that flows with what? Milk and honey. Amen. It's a land that flows with what? Milk and honey. Now, staying still in the same chapter 14. Let multimedia help us in verse 22. Now, this is what differentiates Caleb and Joshua from the other two, which is where we want to learn from. In verse 22, he says, because all these men, now this is God now speaking concerning what the reports were. So we saw the same land, but we are seeing things differently from what God can do. Now God speaking then says, because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt. Now, these whole men, they saw when God parted the Red Sea. The same people they saw when God um, um, this, um, um, sent down the plague to Egypt. But God was not pleased with them. And he said, these same people saw my glory and the signs that I did in Egypt and what I did in the wilderness. And now they have put me to the test now these ten times and I have not heeded to my voice. Next verse. Now he said in verse 23, Then they certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers. Now, based on what they saw, the Bible says, and God says, since they cannot see victory in what I have shown them, he said they will not take over the land. Which means, the way we see things can determine what we, we, we take over. Praise the Lord. The way we see things can determine whether we will be victorious or not. He says, nor shall any of those who rejected me will see it. Now, verse 24, we need to be careful as we read verse 24. I want us to pay more attention to verse 24. Now, God says, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different word, a different spirit in him. He has followed me fully. I will bring him to the land. Now, let's look at it in the New Living Translation version. This will give us a better, a, another view to it. In verse, the verse 24 of that. Verse 24 of Numbers 14, New Living Translation. Now, this verse 24. Now, God says, but my servant Caleb has a different word, attitude, than the words, than the others. Now, let's take it again. Did they see the same land? Yes. Did they have the same attitude? No. So, the attitude, Caleb had the right attitude. Did he see the promised land? Yes, he did. The others did not have the right attitude. Did they see the promised land? No, they didn't. Now, this brings my mind to know that sometimes when God declares a victory, which God totally did in the, in the in last two Wednesdays ago, one of the words I held carefully was, it now depends also the way I see the, my same situation afterwards. If I still see a wall in it, it may remain a wall. If I see the wall come down, the wall will truly come down. Because as far as God is concerned, he has delivered the land, he has delivered the promise, he has delivered the healing, he has delivered the breakthrough, and so shall it be in Jesus' name. Now this is the reason why we are gathered. If the way we see things can determine how our prayers come to us, then we must carefully learn what made Caleb, what made Joshua see things the different way. And how can we, in the same dispensation where we are, when God is declaring his word, how can we see things differently in the simile, in the simile nation, in the simile situation where the things seems to remain the same way even after God has proclaimed it? 
after God has said, you will take over Jericho, you look back, the wall is still there. After God says, we will take over Jericho, we look back, the walls are still there. How can then we who have heard this, how can we change our attitude to know and to be able to grasp what the Lord is giving and is saying? Because the way our attitude is can determine your prayer life. Is it correct? After God has said, he has given us the land, somebody can go back and still be praying the same way. Whereas someone else can go with a different attitude, in a different way, instead of praying, he's giving thanks for answered prayers. That is what God is talking about. So this evening, let's just study and let's look at what could have made Caleb and Joshua have a different mindset. And how can we condition our mind to be different from what we thought before God pronounce his word. And if, if God has said he has given us victory, how can then we condition our minds to see our same situation differently so that we can inherit and overtake and confirm the words of the Lord. And that is the reason why we are here this evening. So I'm going to throw the floor open. If you need to speak, just raise your hand and we're going to hand you over the mic. So the question this evening is, how can then we build the same attitude that Joshua built? Build the same attitude that Caleb built so that to the point where they were seeing the people of Jericho, they were seeing the land as being able to be overtaken rather than a place where the armies are still um, are still strong and can be defeated. So this is the reason why we're here. So let's take time. If you need to speak, just raise your hand. So let's look at what we can do. After God has given us his word, how can we condition our mind to be in the place of victory, to be in the place where we overcome, to change the way we see things, to change the way our attitude or our, the, the, our, our body language to whatever situation we are going through. So the mic is now open. So if you need to speak, let's just have your hands raised and we'll take your contribution as it goes. Anybody, if you, the mic, the floor is open, so in case you want to speak, but let me take the very first one I have here, maybe that will give you um, a stepping stone to walk through. Now, the very first thing I have here, now we are not in the days of Caleb and Joshua, in this dispensation, we have come to a point where God has given you his word that you will overcome, that you have won, the victory is yours. Now, one of the ways we can do or we can walk afterwards to see the same situation differently is to see things through the word of the Lord. To see things through the word, the word of the Lord. So, if God says, I always give this example most times if I'm trying to give an instance of how the word of the Lord can create. I always give this example. Let's take, for instance, the color of this auditorium. What's the color of this auditorium? Anybody? Cream, right? So let's assume the color of this auditorium is cream. Do we agree it's cream? Let's just, for the sake of this meeting, let's agree it's cream. If you walk out of this door at this point, maybe you walk out of this door after this meeting and then you meet the angel of the lord or god appears to you and god asks you a question and he says what is the color of this room what will your answer or response be you will tell god is what is cream now if god tells you no the color is not cream the color of the building is red the question i always ask what then is the color of this building the color is what why is the color red because, because who? Because God said it's red, so you say it is what is red. Now, let's be practical. If you walk back in after God has spoken to you, and then you see the color the way it is, and somebody asks you, what is the color of this room? What would be your response? What would be your response? No, if you, let me, let me see your hands. What would be your response? If you say cream, let me see your hands up. If you say red, what, let me see your hands up. But the color has not changed. Has it changed? What's still the color? But God told you it's red. So what is the color of this room? Why? How are you seeing it? Are you seeing it the way it is? 
you are seeing it through the way God says it was. So the word of the Lord is a spoken word of God. So if God says you the victory is yours, no matter the condition of what it looks like, the what we should confess is what is victory. Amen. So that is how we first start. The, the, more, the very fact that you return back home, the situation may not change. The situation may still remain. But the confession of our mouth is very strong and very important. It must not be aligned to what we see. It must be aligned to what God has said. That is why we must mirror how we see things, not the way people or the reality is. It's the way God said it. God says we have fought and we have won. Even if the battle is still there, we are still in the mindset that we have what? We have won. If you come back and you are saying the color is cream, we are no different from the other ten spies. Who saw? They only said what they saw. The people were truly strong. The people were truly big. The people were truly what they were. If by what they were seeing, they were correct. But that was not what God told Moses. God said, I have given you the land. I'm telling you to go and look at it, to go and spy. So if I spy and I see giants, how does God see it? Is what really matters. Because God says he's a lion. Of the tribe of Judah. And one of the things you should understand. How lions who are the strongest predators on earth. How they see other animals. If a lion see a giraffe. What do you think he calls it? What do you, if you see a giraffe what will you call it? You call it a giraffe right? When a lion sees a giraffe what do you think he calls it? Do you think he calls it giraffe? He doesn't look at the size. As far as he's concerned, there is food on the table. If he sees a goat, what does he call it? Food. When he sees a, a, a hippopotamus, what does he call it? Food. No matter what he sees it, it's not about the size, it's not about the height. What he calls it is what it becomes. So when he goes after it, until he turns it to food, nothing else stands. And so the same thing with God's word. When God says you have won it, no matter how it looks like, you still call it what? Victory. Even if you seem to be on the floor, you still say, I am still a what? I'm still a victory. Because if God says it, that settles it, and that is what we know. Praise the name of the Lord. So, number one, we say we must see things through the eyes of God's word. It is not how we see it. Let's look at James chapter 1, verse 22 and verse 25. James chapter 1, verse 22, verse 20. So, Joshua and Caleb, this is what they were seeing. They left a prayer meeting like this and they went back home and they were seeing only victory. They went to a prayer meeting like this. They went back home and were confessing positively. Verse 22 of James 1 says, but we should be doers of what? Of the word. The way you see God, God's word will say the way it is. We will be doers of God's word and not what? Hear us alone deceiving ourselves. So we'll be only deceiving ourselves if after such a glorious prayer meeting of worship, we still go back and we are still saying things based on what we see. We are speakers of God's word. We are doers of God's word. If God says it is, it is finished, then it is finished. If God says you have won, then you have won. No matter how low we may be, we can only confess what God has said. Verse 25, if we look at verse 25, he says, don't be deceivers of yourself, not doing or saying what he has said. He says, but he who looks at the perfect law, which is the word of God, of liberty, and continues in it. So you see where God says, I am healed. Even if the body is still paining you, what is the answer? I am healed. He says, continue in that perfect word. The word says you are healed. Even if the headache comes and keep knocking on your head, what should you say? I am healed. But truly, are you not having a headache? You are having a headache, but that is not your own word. Your own word is God's word because we are seeing it the same way God sees it. Even when they were... Let me, let, let me finish it. It says, But he who looks at the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, which means we see God's word, we say the way it is. And it's not forgetful. It's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the works. This one will be blessed in what he what he does. So that is what the encouragement is. We keep saying it the way God is. Now there's one particular scripture the Bible talks about healing. He says, by his stripes, I am what? By his stripes, I am what? 
Now, paint, your, paint a picture back to when Jesus was being whipped. At the point he was being whipped, did that look like victory in his eyes or anybody's eyes? Did that look like healing on, in everybody's eyes? So that is what God is saying. Sometimes it may not look like a healing in your eyes. It may look as if the enemy is still whipping you. It may be as if the enemy is still putting us down. But the Bible says, by his stripes, I am healed. And so the number one point is, if we need to live here as positive spies like Caleb and Joshua, we must see things through the eyes of what? Of God's word. And whatever God's word says, that is it is. So it may take a while, but we must just keep saying whatever God was says, and the more we say it, it becomes creative, and so shall it be in our lives, in Jesus' name. Let's celebrate God in his, in his holiness. Now let's, I've given you point number one. I need you to just speak to me. What is it that you can do that can condition your mind to stay positive to what God has said? Let's just have somebody contribute. Okay, we have minute. We have brother Muiwa's hand is up. So whatever it is that you can, you any way you can look at God's word that will give you the same, put you in the same position that Caleb and Joshua were. Let's just hear you. It may be a personal experience that you have that helps you to know that if you keep staying on one course, God can change the situation of things. Let's hear you, sir. Good evening. Word that when God said He's going to do something, He's going to do it. Whether you are doubting or you are you are still looking at the way He's going, he's going to to do it, there is assurance in His word. And if you you keep to that assurance from what from the example you have given to us, definitely it's done. Praise the Lord. Let's celebrate Him for His contribution. So what he has said is, the reason why he keeps on God's word is because he have a very good mindset on his own that whatever God says, that God will bring it to pass. So I'm coming to you, sir. So he said, what is, um, there's a hand here. So what he's saying is that he has come to the point where he knows that whatever God says that God will bring it to pass, that God has given him assurance, maybe based on his personal experience or past glory or past victory that he has had. So he knows he is serving a God that cannot lie. So when all, everyone is going in one direction, he stays in one direction. Amen. In God's direction. I was listening to the radio as I was coming and somebody did ask, why do people don't believe in God? Why do they keep going to other gods and people are uh, Chasing money in wrong direction. Uh, they're talking about the Yahoo Plus and all the rest. Why do people seek other gods? And then somebody jokingly said that it's because men love whoever lies to them. As men, they love liars. The God that will lie to you is what they will hear. The God that will not say the truth is what they will hear. But the reason why they will not listen to God is because God is a God that cannot lie. So because they are chasing a lying God, and that is why they are chasing other gods. Praise the name of the Lord. But we know we are serving a God that cannot lie. This word may take a while, but it will never be too late. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, um, brother, for your contribution. Okay, your hand is up. Let's have another contributor. So Praise let us Lord. hear from you. Praise Amen. For me, I think uh, the best attitude we can have as children of God is to have the attitude of a child. If you promise a child a thing, the child does not care even if you, whether you have the resources or not. Tell the child... While I'm coming back, I'll buy you aeroplane, for instance. That child will hold on to that word. If he goes to school and they ask him anything, say, ah, my daddy said he will buy me aeroplane when he's coming back from work. He does not care whether you have the resources, but since you have told that child, I will buy, I will give this to you. He does not care if maybe the teacher is telling him, no, your daddy cannot buy it. He will say, my daddy will buy it. You understand? So, the Bible says, um, Jesus was talking to us, um, uh, to the disciples, he said, allow the children to come to me, for the kingdom of God is for 
people as those. Now, if you don't have the attitude of a child or the mindset of a child to take every word that God speaks, hook, line, and sinker, you would not be able to appreciate the the, the circumstances around his promises, whereby when you see a negative uh, thing around the promises, you, you take to your heels. But if you have the attitude of a child, you see anything negative around the promises of God for your life and for you, you would not shake. You would still maintain that attitude that God told me that I will have this and I will definitely have it. And at the end of the day, you definitely have it. Thank you. Amen. Please let's appreciate him. I really love that contribution. So what he has said, I see your hand. He said we must have the attitude. I see your hand as well. That we must have the attitude of a what? Of a child. After all, we are children of God. Please let's celebrate him one more time for that contribution. And as he was speaking, it reminds me of a book I read some years back that talked about how we need to keep staying on what God says. And he spoke about a dying child whose father was going for a war. So the child had an ailment and she was dying, but the father was going for a war and the father said to her, I will see you when I come back. The father knew he was going for a war, but he never expected to come back and see the dying child whose days were already numbered. And so the father went for a war, and the first week he never came back. The child was scheduled, was said to leave for maybe two weeks. I can't remember, but let's assume two weeks. The father went for the first two weeks and never came back. The child did not die when he was appointed. The father went again, stayed over another one month, two months, three months. Let's assume the father came back from war on the sixth month. The child did not die because she was still waiting for what the father told her, which is, I will see you when I come back. So the word that the father spoke to her, the body itself had conditioned. If it is medically proven that the state of the mind also affect the healing process of every patient. So the child was waiting for the father to come back. So everything that has to do with the body stopped because the father was yet to come back. So the mind of a child was what was plain. If we can have that mind. And the story did go that the moment the father came back from war, the child saw the father, gave the father a warm embrace, fell asleep and never woke up again. But the story was that, the, 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 the storyline or what the takeaway from the story was, if you can condition your mind to wait on something, which what we wait for is not what we see, but what God says. It may take a while, but we keep waiting on it. The more you wait on it, the more you have healing peace of mind. And that's why the Holy, what, what, that's what the scripture says. It gives us peace that surpasses all understanding. Why are we still peaceful? Because we are hoping and still believing on God's word. One more time, let's celebrate him for that contribution. The name of the Lord be praised. All right, we have a contributor here. Let's have the mic to Minister Chidema Itefia. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, my contribution is that while, while you were speaking about um, the confession of Caleb and Joshua, it occurred to me that it didn't just confess victory from a shallow place. It must have come from somewhere deep into the fact that they know God, they believe God, they believe his word. So they know the God they serve. I'm not trying to say they know the God they serve and they know the pattern of God. So it's not just saying and saying of the mouth, or just, just saying it because you're supposed to say it. It comes from somewhere deep. So that's my contribution. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's celebrate her for our contribution. So what she's saying invariably is if you have to make the confession, you must make that confession not because you are just saying it, but because at the back of your mind you know that word can become life. One of the instructions I gave my children after the testimony that Minister Lake shared and we're talking about the tenants of the house. One of the instructions we, we took away from there is before they leave home every day and go to school, they hold hands and they share the tenant and the confession of that tenant. So it's something they may not understand what it means, but because we know it's God's word that if you go back to school by the 
knowledge of man. It may not work for children. They require God's grace. So the more they speak those words and make that confession by holding themselves, by holding their hands, it's a confession they are building for themselves. As adults, we think we know it. But as children, as you said, they may, it may not really make sense for now. But the moment they begin to see the world become flesh, they become stronger in the faith, stronger in what they believe, and so it will be for us as well in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, let's have um, my sister's contribution. Where is the mic? If you do have any other questions, please raise your hands in advance so that I can... Alright, madam. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, so I wrote a few things down. Um, Caleb, like uh, his man said, they had unwavering faith and they were fearless regardless of what they saw. So they saw strong men, but they saw a stronger God, like a bigger God, a, a God that was bigger than the strong, you know, men. So, and they were, they were, they were, they were in spite of what they saw, they were not afraid of what they saw. But they believed completely in the word of God. So, you know, their unwavering faith and fearlessness. And then another thing is, um, there's a passage in the Bible that says, we overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Now, the word of our testimony for me is, um, there's also a part in the Bible that says, we should always ponder on things that are good or things that are cheerful. There's a, there's a, um, I've, I've, there was one meeting I had with pastor and then, you know, he was, he, he made me realize something. He said, that people are afraid of evil spirits. You know, you're sitting down in your house and there's no light. All of a sudden, you think you're surrounded by evil spirits. Why don't you think in your mind that you are surrounded by angels? Why don't you think in your mind that, okay, even though there's no light, there's the presence of God, even, in, you know, um, 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 in the darkness. So, um, for me, those are the things, you know, by the word of our testimony, and then another thing is that, you know, when we're pondering on the things that are good, that are cheerful, that are kind and all that, I think for Joshua and Caleb, they knew that in his time, he makes all things, all things, not some things, not half. He said he makes all things beautiful. Thank you. Hallelujah. Please, let's appreciate her for her contribution. Amen. So, what she's saying invariably that the mindset is also very important. I love the example you gave that Pastor shared with you. If you're in the dark, what you are thinking of what? Evil spirit. You hear a cockroach, you are thinking of something negative. So, why don't you think of angels? Why don't you think of beautiful things? And that reminds me, whilst I was growing up, I was the last person that was, that came off being afraid of the dark. So my, my siblings, they could sleep alone. I couldn't at some point. So if I'm sleeping alone in the bed and I wake up and I don't see anybody, I rush out and go to meet them and be watching TV. If they are watching TV, if I sleep up there, they will leave me. They go to the room. I wake up again. I'm alone again. I run, run back to the room. Praise the Lord. But as I grew, I now, the way I could overcome it, and I did it innocently as a child. So I'm alone in the room, I'm afraid of the dark. The next thing I do, I start thinking of how I was scoring a goal while I was playing football. So I start remembering all the football activities for the day. And before you know it, I sleep off. Praise the Lord. So the mind itself is a very strong battlefield. Once we win that battle against the mind, the negativity of the mind, it will reflect in the outward. The name of the Lord be praised in Jesus' name. Let's celebrate the senior pastor as he... Okay. Okay, so we had a hand there, so I wanted to give you the floor. Oh, okay. Praise God. I uh, see your hand, but sorry, I'm, I'll come back to you. Okay. Sir, please, I need to help me with something. Um, there's this man here I listen to. Uh... Dr. Dikio Lukoya, where he said, we Christians of nowadays, we like saying stuff like, it's over, I've already won, and you go to sleep, and you won't fast, you won't pray, and all that. And later, you now be running up and down, 
I need deliverance. Somebody is pressing me. Somebody is doing this. They are firing arrow at me and stuff like that. So he said, the fact that we fight from the place of victory doesn't mean we won't fight at all. Doesn't mean we now start lazing around, we don't read the Bible, we don't do stuff. We just go about uh, whatever, just like that, without doing anything. So I want you to help create a balance. When you are believing God for stuff, just like the woman that was um, disturbing the unrighteous Job, do you keep asking if you have not seen it physically, or you just go to sleep and forget about it? So what's the balance? Because the Bible says, pray until your joy is full. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's celebrate him for, for questioning, for bringing up that question, which is going to help us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, let me try and answer that question. Definitely, um, when you have received something from the Lord, um, you should speak. Whatever faith that is not spoken is not faith. Faith is vocal. You speak it. Now, it's good for you to pray, but if you look at an example like the centurion that came to the Lord and said, my daughter is sick, and says, uh, the Lord says, I'll come. He says, you don't have to. He said, just speak the word. And as he went, they met him and they said, your child is well. There is a place for you to pray, but there's some prayer you pray is because you don't believe. When God gives you a word, it says, go and show yourself to the priest. As they were going, they found out they were healed. So, I don't want us to make prayer to become a talisman. Just There is a place you rest in God. Come on now. There is a place you rest in God. And you wait to see the manifestation. Prayer is not a full-time occupation. It's not a full-time occupation. There's a time to pray. There's a time to wait. There's a time to receive. There's a time to celebrate. Praise God. Now, my answer to your question, and I don't want you to rush through this. Don't look at how much you want to teach. This is very important. Twelve men went to, they were appointed to go and spy. They saw the same thing, but they gave different reports. We're all hearing the same sermon. But it is obvious we're going to present different reports when we get home. That's why this is important. Now, what they said to me was a function of how they saw it. They saw, it is one thing to see this pulpit, and it's another thing how you saw it. We all see it, but how do you see it? There are two sets of eyes we have. A lot of people don't know that. Physical eyes and spiritual eyes. With your physical eyes, you will see the same thing. With your spiritual eyes, you will see something else. Now, what you see with your spiritual eyes is the one you stay with. The, the men that move with only eyes are called canal men. The word canal means ordinary, mere men. So, the Bible says some having eyes, they don't see. It doesn't mean they're blind. They don't see the spiritual aspect. Some having ears, they don't hear. But the Bible says, but you are different. Your eyes are blessed, so you see. And your ears are blessed. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, to drive the point home, I'm going to ask multimedia, put up for us Ephesians 1 and verse 17. It talks about the eyes of understanding. It says that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That you may know the hope. That you may know what is the hope of your calling. The message Bible says, your eyes focused and clear. So that you can see exactly what it is God is calling you to do. If you are a Christian and all you have is this, your two eyes. You cannot follow the Lord. There's the eyes of the understanding. The word understanding means you know what is going on. The opposite of understanding is lack of understanding. Bible says Jesus was not a man led by the seeing of the eyes. But the knowing of faith. So I want us to pray everybody that Lord thank you for my eyes that I used to see the pastor. 
But may my eyes of understanding be enlightened. So that when I hear the word of God, I will see the picture. It is with the eyes of understanding you envision what will happen. And that's what gives you peace. Generally, it is difficult to believe in what you cannot see or envision. So when you see a man that is resting and is not praying about the matter anymore, don't be fooled. He has seen the end of the matter. He has seen angels at work. It is not evidence of faith that you're praying, 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 praying. When my son was going to be born, I saw the boy. And I rested the matter. And he was born nine months later. From a womb that was not supposed to be able to produce a child. Do you understand that? It's the eyes of understanding. Let me pray for everybody. Having eyes, you will see. Amen. You will see what God is doing about your situation. You will see where God is taking you. You will see your miracle gathering momentum. You will not just see enemies. You will see victories. And God will bring it to pass in Jesus' name. Let me give you one more scripture. Well, this one, you cannot activate this scripture if your eyes of understanding are darkened. Put up for us uh, Proverbs 18 and verse 20. Proverbs 18 verse 20, New Century Version. Proverbs 18 verse 20. Someone that cannot see, cannot say some things. And it is a shame when a Christian only sees like unbelievers. It's a shame. Why, why do you think people are called men of God? They see what you can't see. But on the level of a child of God, when you pray about a matter, your eyes of understanding should be able to see what God wants to do about it. Look at this. Um, Proverbs 18 verse 20. People will be rewarded for what they say. They will be rewarded for how they speak. What you say is a function of what you know. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Verse 21. What you say can mean life or death. Those who speak with care, they will be rewarded. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, that was deep. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's appreciate the senior pastor one more time. When he was speaking, I just remembered, like he did say, we can relate very well to what we see. So sometimes God can allow us to see that miracle in somebody else's life. So that is why when we come to church sometimes, somebody is sharing a testimony. It's a way for you to also see that God is also still doing miracles. And even when God wanted to reassure Abraham, the Bible says he took him somewhere and he says, what can you see? What Abraham was seeing was stars. What he was seeing was sand in the seashore. So when he could picture that in his eyes, God had to remind him, as much as they are uncountable, that is how your own generation will be. So God gave him a picture of what he's supposed to see, which also renewed his faith. The name of the Lord be praised in Jesus' name. Alright, we have this sister. Her hands have been up for a while. Let's take her contribution. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, another way we have to conquer is to trust God enough that He cannot send us an assignment that cannot be filled or give us a difficult time. Just as a child in the hand of the Father, the child is confident that the Father cannot drop him. So let's just be like that in the hand of the Lord. The Lord cannot send us a task that is too difficult for us to conquer. Amen. Let's celebrate her one more time. Just reaffirming what that brother said. If God can take you off sometimes, and instead of you keep walking, you just see yourself, you are afloat for a while. And so just as she said, you must have that confidence, like a child, that if I'm in the hand of God, he will not let me fall. Neither will he let me stumble. And that will be our portion in Jesus' name. So all our contribution is just... Helping us to condition our mind. Your hand is up. I'll let you have the say. Condition our mind. Because the reality of what Caleb and the other ten did is the same thing we are still facing. 
we are getting to the point where we can't condition our mind. We can't, you know, tailor ourselves to keep staying on God's word, even when we're still seeing the situation in reality. But as we continue and we keep studying, God will reveal himself to us in Jesus' name. All right, let's have this brother and his contribution. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In nutshell, uh, I would say, based on belief, what you believe in. Even uh, if they tell you something will happen and uh, your belief is in the other way around, trust me, you won't get it. But once you believe in it and you have faith towards it, no matter what it is, um, there might be tests, you might get something else before that. But once you believe in that song, you know it's going to work out for you. Trust me. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you Let's that. celebrate him one more time. So, what he has said is we need to understand that whatever we set our mind on, the belief we have on it, it will strengthen us. So what he's verbally saying, we need to keep up our faith. We need to up our faith and the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Any other contribution before I take your contribution? We also can look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33, just before I let her speak. One of the things that can also waver the way we see things is the company we keep. You can live here and what is galvanizing you to keep your eyes is because of the company that is here. If, amen. First Corinthians 15.33 says, First Corinthians 15.33, Multimedia Help Us, talks about what the company you keep can do for you. If you remember the scripture we read, that number in verse 14, chapter 14 rather, it got to a point, if you, if, we, if you had read it more carefully, the Bible says, and Caleb and Joshua, they tore their clothes. They tore their clothes in anguish and in anger. Because what the other ten were selling to the people, they were beginning to believe. In fact, the Bible says they were beginning to curse Moses for taking them this far. Because they started believing in what they heard from the other camp. So you can live here. It's also important where you go after here. You can live here and God says it is done. You go outside and you see that it is not done. And people are telling you, ah, is it the same God that told you? It's the same God that told me to. It is still not done. So if you live here and you don't surround yourself with songs that will encourage you, with tapes that will encourage you, with people that will encourage you based on what you have heard or what you have seen here, that same thing may drop out of your hand. So communication is very key. First Corinthians 15, I think verse 33, the Bible says, for do not be deceived. So don't let anybody deceive you anywhere. If you live here, if they're telling you that God is not real and you stay there for a long time, you will change your belief system. It says, evil company does what? Corrupt good habits. So the more you stay in the fellowship, the more your faith becomes stronger. The less you stay in the fellowship, the less your faith becomes less stronger. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. We take few contributions just before we wrap up. Your hands was up. All right, I'll take the contribution from her and maybe take one last contribution just before we call it a day. All right, Sister T Minister Tokbe's hand is up as well. I believe we need to know the God we serve. Amen. And in the book of Daniel chapter 11 verse 32, the Bible says the people that do know their God shall be strong and do as well as Joshua and Caleb. They were strong, even though they see the mighty men, they see the sons of Anna. But you know the God they serve, that is mightier than this man. And we remember the story of Abraham. When God told him, take this, your only son, to a place I will show you and go and sacrifice him. Mm. The Bible scholars made us understand that even in the act of Abraham, he has already sacrificed the That's God. True. Because you know that the God himself can even raise him up after he has sacrificed him. Amen. Please let's appreciate her one more time. For they that know their God shall do exploits. 
If I think the scripture was clear that Abraham said, even if he does sacrifice, that he knows that the God that he serves is able to raise. So sometimes you have to go all the mile, just like that sister said. God may send you on assignment that is difficult, even whilst you are still believing. If you know the God you serve, you will continue. And that is why it's also important we remind ourselves of the miracles of yesterday. Because the miracles of yesterday will encourage you to know that if God did it yesterday, he can also still do it today. Glory be to God. Let's celebrate God one more time. Hallelujah. Is your hand up, Minister Leke? All right. Okay, let's take Minister Tokbe then. We'll take Minister Leke. I will come from um, the last one you said, the company that you keep. I have a colleague in my office and um, she's always telling me every time she's taking permission, she's sick. She's sick, and I'll tell her, You are healed. I said, You don't sick. Say, Mama, did you see they talk my life? Are they sick? I say, And you know, she has said it so much that even me, are, she will just face me with reality. Say, This thing they pay me. You don't understand. Just tell me, say, I'm mute, I'm mute. And I'll just tell her, But you know, at times when she's just sick, I just want to listen to her because she's just trying to convince me that this thing you are telling me. If they pay me, you don't understand. And um, I, I come from the angle of when people give negative prophecy. I got to office one day, and then my colleague called me that he dreamt and he, lied, he saw that I, I died. And he now said, should I tell you one thing? Mama, if I dream, my dream always come to pass. I said, unfortunately, this one will not come to pass. Because I'm not going to die. And you know, I was just going to come here. Someone called me and gave me a negative report. And I was, la- I was just laughing. Said, any that is Badra gone. Eh, Munira Ah, and when she when he finished, I just got the phone. Because, like she said, knowing your God, because even if some things really even happen, ability to even trust God. That's even though, because at times when reality setting is always not easy. When reality, I need to pay this debt, and this debt is looking at my face, and I'm being harassed. What will I do? Ability to is very deep. Knowing God, loving God, not serving God because of what God will give to you. When I, I serve Him because I love Him, I do this just because I love Him. Even if it doesn't come true for me, it's okay. But I'm doing it because I love God, because of who God is. That is where I come from. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Let's celebrate her one more time. In fact, that in itself reminded me of when Pastor Yomi was preaching on Sunday about the Hebrew children. When they said, even if God will not come in this one, we will not cause God. So like she said, it's beyond what God will do for us. Oh, I'm, I'm saying it because if I confess it, the thing will come to pass and then it's beyond what God will do for us. The part she has come is, it's more about what God will do, but about the relationship of love that is the very root of why we are even Christians in the first place. So even if God will not do it, will you say you will still not love God? We will still love God. And that shall be our testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Alright, let's take our last contribution for today. I want to believe that we have, we have learned a lot today. Let's just have Minister Lickey. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I pray that God will give you When, uh, I don't know, I was upset, but someone talked about the relationship. You cannot trust who you don't know. And because you cannot see God, the only way we can know Him is through the experiences we've had with Him. So the first thing is, if a lot of us are aware we are because we are forgetful of what God does, if we remind ourselves that God healed this headache, I'm going to God kill this headache. And that is the basis on which you trust God. As I was just said, the only thing to my mind that you know, it doesn't take God extra effort to heal a headache that it takes him to heal cancer. Mm. We are the ones that think headache is small. Cancer is big, so I have to pray more. No. <laughs> it doesn't take God extra effort. To heal headache, that is to cure HIV. Now, how do these two marry together? 
The only reason I can say that is because there's a relationship with the word of God that made me know when Jesus said, be healed, to when you rub sand to give somebody eyes, to when he didn't even say anything, that it was somebody's belief that if I touch the hem of his garment, from speaking to handling to not even saying anything, to not even be involved in, it was an on, on our way participant in the woman's miracle. So what I'm trying to say is that if God has said something and we're trying to, what do we do to keep ourselves in that space? Know who you serve and how God has revealed himself to you. If I'm taking anything away from this service, uh, Pastor Tetra, is that that word that Lake, it doesn't take the extra effort to heal headache than it does to heal cancer. So, like what's it, okay. whatever anybody says, knowing that God is, like I said on Sunday, God is steadfast. He doesn't change. If he has proved that even if I don't speak, I heal. When I speak, I heal. If I touch, I heal. It's the same thing. That constant is what I should just hold on to. And that will help me through. And then finally, if I'm waiting like that to happen, then it's not him. My personal testimony is when my son was in the US and I was paying his school fees from Nigeria every Friday for two years. I don't earn a salary. I'm an entrepreneur. The dollar was going down every month. But for two years, God was faithful. There was a period, and around there was a period when I couldn't pay and they asked me to leave school. And I went to God that, oh, you've been doing it, what happened? And God said that your son's school fees is nothing to me. Those were his exact words. The castle on a thousand feet belongs to me. That I should do the math of how much one castle is, how much one can fill it, one year and then a thousand. He said, Lake, I want to teach you how to trust me in difficult times. So I got that lesson, and the moment he saw that I passed it, it was like magic for The next week, I made money to pay his school fees and outstanding, pay his school fees till everything was left again. So if God has not done it, it's not because he can't. Or could it be that he wants to teach you something through that period? Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Please let's appreciate him one more time. Those are very deep words. The very fact that God has not done it yet doesn't mean he wants to trouble us, but he's maybe teaching us a lesson through this period. Lastly, let me just wrap up with this scripture, Psalm 77 verse 10. Now this is just reminding us of understanding of reminding ourselves of the faithfulness of God. He says, and I said, I said, this is my anguish. I don't know what situation you are, but he says, even in his difficulty, even in his anguish, the psalmist says, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the most high. Verse 11 then says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Has God been faithful yesterday? Was God, had, had God given you a miracle before? Have you heard him part the Red Sea before? Have you heard him, uh, people share the testimony about his faithfulness? If we will remember those works, if it's the same God, he says, surely I will remember your wonders. Verse 12 then says, when I remember those works, even in my anguish, he said, I will meditate on those works and talk about his deeds. It's time to talk about how faithful God is rather than complain about what he has not done. That itself is a mindset that shifts us from the impossibility to the possibility. Have you been blessed this evening? Come on, if you've been blessed, why don't you give the Lord a worthy praise, a worthy praise, the name of the Lord be praised. Our prayer is as we live here, we'll see things differently. We will see victory instead of defeat. We'll see healing instead of pain. And the more we begin to confess it, we will see the reality in the name of Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Lord in heaven, we thank you for this meeting. We thank you for all that we have taken away and taken out from this meeting. We pray as we come out of this meeting that our minds will be set on you alone. Like Caleb, we will see victory instead of defeat to the very glory of your name. Thank you because you always hear us. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Children of God, let's celebrate God. Let's celebrate God.